0: heel tough blog podcast hey guys and welcome to another edition of the heel tough blog podcast it's your host anthony pegnata with you guys as always and today it is time to break down the tar heels 2023 schedule that was released on monday night uh this is you know an exciting time of year and I think all of us you know for a minute were a little bit excited uh, about you know the opportunity to look ahead to the 2023 season, uh, especially with the fact that a lot of people think Carolina is still going to be a pretty good football team in 2023. So we'll go ahead and break that down for you guys but uh when, when it comes to this schedule, we cannot go without talking about the comments that were made by Mac Brown in his Monday press conference. Before uh, the schedule was officially released, Mac Brown held a press conference to just introduce new quarterbacks coach Jason Jones before he uh, inter- you know went through and did his introductory press conference and was asked about the schedule um, and what he thought, and pretty much just said that you know Carolina was done, you know wrongly by the ACC um. You know, I'll let you listen to the clip here itself. Here's Mac Brown, uh, you know, explaining why he thinks that Carolina uh, was treated unfairly with how the schedule was laid out.
1: The uh, ACC schedule comes out tonight. Uh, We've already got one of the toughest schedules in our school history. When you open up with uh, South Carolina and Charlotte, and we got App State, which we know how tough that game is for us coming in here uh, the second week. Then we've got Minnesota the third week, and that out of conference schedule will be tough as as any in the in the country, um, and and then you start uh, when you see the ACC schedule tonight. You'll see they didn't do us any favors. Uh, it's really really difficult. We've got uh, we start tough, uh, and we finish uh, uh, with an unbelievably tough schedule. So uh, I'm disappointed. I told them uh, I didn't like it. Didn't think it was fair, uh, but it is what it is, and and uh, but that's what we got. So. You'll you'll see what I'm talking about tonight. It won't take long. So,
0: yeah, there. I I, I mean, there's really nothing you can say. Um, I, I don't I don't really know what to tell Mac Brown at this point. Um, this just th- this is starting to become a pretty frequent occurrence with Mac Brown. Uh, just about every press conference now there is something different. Uh, that he is getting on a soapbox and talking about. And for the most part, I mean, look, when it comes to the NIL, the direction overall of college football, the transfer portal, whatever, a lot of those are issues where you hear other coaches jumping in, you hear other coaches that are unhappy with the situations that are going on. It makes a little bit of sense why some people may be irritated about the direction of the sport right now, with everything that's going on, because there are no rules in place. This one, I got to be honest, this one makes absolutely no sense to me, and it's frankly embarrassing as a Tar Heel fan. Um, you're you're complaining about something that literally everybody has to go through. Uh, look at the other conferences. Do you think that any of the SEC coaches are complaining about the schedule that they're being handed?
1: Uh, Vanderbilt's head coach cuz I got to No, he here. doesn't even complain. Well, he probably complains about having to play in the SEC because he knows he can't compete.
0: But he isn't complaining outright. <laughs> He's the dude that went to SEC media day's last year and <laughs> said that they'll be on top of the conference. And we all know that ain't true. You're coaching a bunch of nerds. Like wow. I I mean, uh, come on. That's those are the facts. But like
1: don't don't insult those of us in the intelligence community.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, that is definitely not you. The lack of intelligence community,
1: yes, that
0: would be you. But, I I mean, I just... This is a terrible, terrible look. Like, nobody in the SEC complains about their schedule. Nobody in the Big Ten East complains about their schedule. But a a guy in the ACC is complaining about his schedule? I mean, dude, the, the ACC is seen as one of the lesser power conferences in the sport right now. And whether or not that's true... Is up for debate, but I mean, why are you complaining about the schedule? Because really, I mean, there's so many different ways that you could look at what he said and interpret it. Um, I mean, I know, you know, we're a lot of people are probably saying, well, look, that wasn't the point that he was bringing up, that, you know, he was just wanting to point that it's a difficult finish. Well, then say that. Say that it's a difficult finish. Don't say that it is unfair to Carolina. No that that doesn't make any
1: sense at all. Yeah, and, and I mean I'm with you. I I heard the audio um on my way in, in into work Monday Tuesday morning. Right? Yeah, Tuesday mo- yeah.
0: Oh, it was it was worse than when we saw the quote on Twitter. We thought that was that was
1: unreal enough. Once I heard the audio, I was like I mean, this is this is downright laughable. Yeah, because I mean, like the way he made it out was that Carolina had some historic road, you know, three three straight road games, something like that. You know, before November eighteenth, they played two true road games all year long, two. Uh, and so okay, it's not that. Like I, and I even texted you Monday night during the schedule release because I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't watching it. I was monitoring it on Twitter, looking at our schedule, and I was. Like, I I gotta admit, I, I I didn't watch it either. So you, you, know. you,
0: I do you. I gotta be honest. Do you really need to watch it? The school's social media feeds kind of put it out as it goes. I was kind of just preparing myself to start writing about it, or you know, if we went ahead and recorded, I I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't really locked in. I mean, they're literally reading things off of a screen to you.
1: That's it. So And so when yeah. I got the schedule and look, I saw the way this the schedule finishes. But I never once thought that it was unfair. Because I looked at the schedule and I saw there's a lot of room and opportunity for Carolina to make some headway to put themselves in position to play meaningful football games in in, in November which is all we really want as Tar Heel fans is to make November matter. Mm -hmm. And September and October allows that to happen. And then you hope with a guy like Drake May at quarterback, you can go to Clemson and win a football game. You can go to NC State and win a game. By God, we owe him one. But for your head coach to sit up there and say that, you know, this is unfair and they didn't do us any favors – what message? You you just pretty much told your kids, I have no faith we can be a good football team. Yep, 100%. Yep. And then for us as fans, what's the point in us being excited? Why should I tune in to watch and be invested emotionally when my head coach is telling me, guys, this, you know, the schedule's too tough to end? Oh,
0: no, you should be invested until the final two weeks of the season. Apparently, at that point, everything will just take a complete turn and Carolina will drop off a cliff.
1: And so, you know...
0: I just, like, and look, that may happen. It may. But like you said, if I am a player in that locker room, I am sitting there saying to myself, why is our head coach phrasing it like that? This is the guy that, remember, when he came in initially, back in 2019, he said he got criticized for this nationally when he said that every game on our schedule is is winnable. Yeah. Got criticized for that. But now you're going on – I I mean you you're you you go in the middle of a press conference and say that we're being done unfairly by the ACC.
1: Look. Well and then and then was it maybe was it the worst thing was that he I told them that I didn't like it either. Dude, Mac. I mean let, he Let me let me let me just go ahead and just put this point blank. In the modern era of college football that you're coaching, you're an average coach. That's what you are. That's what your record is. You don't have any clout. You don't have any pull within the 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 hierarchy of ACC coaches. That belongs to Dabo Sweeney. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't and, and matter. So, like I don't, they I don't, don't they, hear that.
0: They don't schedule. Like so. Here's the thing, though. Do you think that Dabo is thrilled that he has to play Carolina at the end of the conference season and then turn around and play South Carolina? Like there are plenty of teams that they could have picked that would have been easier for them to face. Like I, that just does It does not make any sense to me. Like, and it's getting to the point now. I mean, is it not starting to seem
1: like the game is just passing him by? Because we've seen this with guys before. Well, he just he he just seems like a coach that loves football. Like, I, I don't doubt that he loves football, and I don't doubt that he loves being a part of young kids' lives. It's all the extra crap that these college coaches have to deal with. That has driven, we've seen it more in college basketball, where it's driven those guys to retirement. This guy doesn't look happy. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be having fun. He looks miserable. Yeah, and that's, you're right. you, You didn't come out of retirement. You didn't come out of a cushy TV job that paid you really, really well and allowed you and your wife to travel. You didn't come out of that to be miserable.
0: Well, and it's, and it, look, it's not all his fault. Like, this is not him choosing to have to deal with all this different stuff that, look, even when he came out of retirement, you didn't have to deal with all this stuff. It's changed. I mean, the the, the landscape of college football, how quickly things have shifted now that we are at, through the crap storm, it seems like, is is frankly amazing. Between NIL, transfer portal, conference realignment, all this. I mean, it all happened pretty much within a two-year span. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. And I think you're right. And this is another one of those moments where it really makes you say to yourself, how close is Mac Brown to retirement? Because it's just, this is, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say it's unacceptable. But it just, this is, this, as a Toriel fan, you should be, you should be angry about this. You should not be happy that your coach is basically up there asking for sympathy. Nobody cares, man. Like, they really don't. Nobody in college football, like, we've heard this from him before when it comes to injuries and stuff like that. Well, nobody's going to feel sorry for us. You think they're going to feel sorry for you because you play Clemson and NC State on the road at the end of your schedule? Because like you said, look at look at the start to the season. You have a soft start to the season. And you have to be able to go out and execute and build some momentum off of that. That should be what you're excited about because here's the thing. Yeah, it's a tough finish to the year, but your team just went through a tough finish to the year where they lost four straight. You should be able to pull from that and use that for motivation next year to show them this is how we navigate through A tough finish to the end of the season. Now, look, this year, in terms of the teams you faced, look, Clemson is so much better than a lot of those teams that you faced at the end of the year. I mean, of course, you faced them in the ACC championship game. But still, like this is, you should be able to look at the end of this year and say, look, we're probably going to be in a similar spot next year if we're as good as we think we can be. Now we have, to, we have to use what happened at the end of this year to sort of build a little bit you know of, of, of a blueprint for what we have to do at the end of 2023 if we're faced with a similar situation. That's how I think it should have been approached. You can even bring up the fact that, look, you could say, look, we got a tough finish to the end of the schedule. I wish it would have worked out a little bit differently because we do have seven home games. I would have liked to see you know a couple more home games at the end of the schedule, but it is what it is. That's the way that you can approach that. But the word, to me, I and, and maybe maybe you feel the same way, maybe you don't, I think the unfair is the part that's really driving me insane, basically saying, what we've gotten so mad – not mad, but what we've laughed at other schools for saying <laughs> – team in Raleigh – for saying about the conference or the NCAA or whatever, this reeks of NC State-like
1: crap. I'm just at the point now where I want Mac Brown to shut the hell up. I don't want him to talk. Please. Just – Because just, – just, Yes. Please stop talking. Because every time you talk – you put your foot in your mouth, and guess who did that before Matt Brown became our head coach? Okay. Well, I'm gonna say this. He is nowhere near as bad as Larry in terms
0: of the colonels telling him the 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 military colonels telling him that this country could not survive without football. It's, but I mean that's a that's a that is an unbelievable
1: moment. my God, I mean, but. It, On on, it's getting on the same level because it's every. I I mean, it's not that bad. It's every time he talks. I mean, you've had a coach admit to not preparing for a backup quarterback in a going into a conference title game where the same week the opponent told you that they were taking he was taking reps. Remember that you also had a player
0: the year before tell you you didn't prepare for a starting quarterback guy that was a starter for the team but had been hurt. Told you, yeah, we didn't prepare with that guy.
1: So you know, and you you have that. Now you have now you have this about the schedule, and look, no coach I think is happy with the state of college football. But I mean, he goes out of his way every press conference to openly complain about his game, instead of using his voice to to make the game better, to to use his voice to find ways to to make the loop, you know, to, to make it. You know, just an all around better product. He just wants to sit there and bitch. And nobody wants nobody wants to hear that. And so I'm just at the point now with Mac, get up there and give me a press conference with Coach Speak Answers. Talking cliches. Because when you start talking from you heart from your heart, you embarrass us and it's not it's not it's not fun.
0: Well, look, they are going to ask him about NIL. Every every time that a coach does a press conference, they are asked about NIL. They are asked about the transfer portal. And to be honest with you, I don't really have a problem with him talking about that kind of I
1: stuff. I have a problem with every Whatever. time he talks about it, he's complaining. And it's, it's like, dude, that's the game now.
0: I mean, but here's the thing. Is he wrong about some of the stuff that he complains about? Is he wrong to be angry about the fact that people are purchasing players off of his roster?
1: What, no. What, what are we to do if, if if they're, let's just say, something were to happen through the NIO? Because remember, he said that they're, quote, doing it by the book. Let's just say for some reason they're not doing it by the book. What's, now Now what's he got to do? He's got to re retract that statement where he basically said, "Hey guys, we weren't cheating." Well,
0: I'm going to tell you right now. And then they are doing we it cheating. by the, they are doing it by the book because they ain't they they are not recruit they, they are not recruiting through the portal at at the level that some of these other teams are. Look, they they brought in some good guys this year in the transfer portal. If they were doing it the way that other teams were doing it, they would have even better players on their roster. 100%. There is no doubt in my mind. So I believe him on that because all we hear about with that is that they don't have enough money. We we've been told multiple times that the collectives don't have enough money for us to be really to be competitive in football. It's it's pretty much what we've heard for for the past year, Mac Brown saying in press conferences. So I mean, look, that kind of stuff every coach is going to talk about that. But this, this is kind of one of those moments where you're just like, look, just just go up there and talk. I mean, just sidestep the question. Just go up there and talk about the schedule. Just say the schedule's coming out tonight. We got a tough slate. That's all you got to say. We knew that anyways. Yeah. I mean, we knew it because we already know who your opponents are. We knew this was not going to be easy. But you're right. When I heard that, I thought to myself, okay, either, like, like okay, let's, let's do this real quick before we break down the actual schedule. What would, for you have been, I, I, I guess, acceptable for that type of response. There Four were straight a, road games? There were a couple things. Four straight road games, opening the season in week zero against Clemson. If they would have sprung a game that you did not, because we all thought, okay, South Carolina is going to be your opener. Let's say that they had turned around and said, no, you're playing Clemson Week 0.
1: But he also said last year that playing in Week 0 was great because not a lot of teams playing it's good for your program to get national exposure. Well, I mean, exposure. look,
0: I could, be a little, I could be a little understandable because in a, in a situation like that, which we've never seen that anyways, the only time that we've ever seen anything close to that in the ACC was when Miami played Florida in the first week of the year, and that's a non-conference game. I don't even know if they're allowed to put conference games in week zero. Probably not. Oh, no, no. The Big Ten does. Yeah. So, but but the ACC, I would assume that the Big Ten, they probably alert the teams well in advance. By the way, at this point with the Big Ten, it's Illinois versus fill-in-the-blank. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much how it works. Anyways, but that would be about the only other scenario where I would be like, okay, I could see you being a little bit mad about something like that because – you're you're probably i mean look it's really really early to start looking at that and saying that they're preparing for south carolina already but you are advertising everybody's kind of advertising that the opener for carolina would be against south carolina if you sprung an acc game on them in week 0 it wouldn't i could understand being a little irritated but i just i mean there's not much and when i saw the schedule i was kind of just like all right Like clearly not ideal, but it is what it is.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I saw eight and four. I saw. I mean, I I I I, so I I, I, I
0: won't. I'll look. I'm gonna make the people wait. I'll tell you my record prediction at the end. But yeah, no, I did not look at that schedule and say, man, this team is this, this is gonna be hell for this team. Like I just and my thing is here. Look, you're so you're. First of all, a lot of people are looking at it and saying, well, you know, they have to play the three toughest teams in the ACC to close the season. Uh, First of all, not even remotely correct. Yeah, I don't see Florida State on the schedule. Yeah, Florida State might be the best team in the conference this year. Um, The other thing is, is, okay, look, and I think they're still going to be good. Is Duke guaranteed to be good next year? This is Duke football. Nothing is guaranteed with them. I think they're going to be good again because they bring back a ton of but there's no guarantee, and that game's at home. Clemson, I mean, look, that one, yes, that's a tough game. We know that's going to be a tough game because unless unless Garrett Riley just comes in and completely bombs for some reason, which I don't see that being a scenario that's even remotely possible, they're going to be really, really good, probably a playoff sleeper next year. And then here's the thing about NC State. Are you are you saying that NC State is a group of world beaters? Like you have been. I mean, you honestly, each of the last two years, you probably feel like you should have won both games.
1: Yeah. Um. So,
0: like, I just why is that seen as some impossible stretch? Like you, in my mind, if I'm looking at that stretch, you should go two and one. That's how I look at that as a coach. So why are you up in arms about that? Like, ah. Oh. I just that's oh it's it's weird to me. And I mean, look, man, there are plenty of people that have responded. I've seen a lot of Toriel fans, many for the first time, that are not happy with that quote from Mac Brown. Like that's one of those things. Not not many Toriel fans will say it. That's one of those things where it honestly makes you think to yourself. What you know, or when, when, when is Mac Brown retiring? Yep. Would you, when, when, when are we starting to look for our next head coach? When we come back, it's time to break down that schedule that Mac Brown's not happy about. We'll give you an in-depth look on a schedule that starts out relatively easy for Carolina in terms of the location of some of the games, but does provide a little bit of a punch out of the gate before closing. With that brutal stretch that we talked about. Stick around for that right here on this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast, back right after this. The stage is set and we're counting down to the battle in Arizona. There's no better way to get ready for the NFL action than with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, All new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Boost your Super Bowl 57 winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. Guys, you know I'm going to be jumping in, especially on some of these prop bets. I saw the line for touchdowns in this game for Patrick Mahomes, currently set at 1.5, easily taking that prop bet. May even have to jump in on a little action for Hassan Reddick as the MVP of this game at plus 3,500. I may have to jump in on that. There's so many other great bets on the website at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the promo code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions applied. Void in Ohio. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcast all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter. At Heel Tough Blog on Twitter. Make sure you give it a follow. And you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog, at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pegnata, myself, at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at Hack 2 for our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. Hey guys, welcome back in Heel Tough Blog podcast. Anthony Pegnata, Josh Marlowe with you. Well, guys, it is time to break down the Tar Heels' 2023 schedule that we have been talking about. Mac Brown, uh, Mac Brown's displeasement with uh, for the entirety of this episode, and as we mentioned, Carolina will start the season in Charlotte against the South Carolina Gamecocks. It's the third meeting in Charlotte in the last five years for the Tar Heels against the Gamecocks. Of course, the other one outside of that 2019 opener was the 2021 Dukes-Mayo Bowl. Uh, Carolina, of course, winning the first game back in 2019 to begin the Mac Brown era and falling in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl uh, in what was just a, a frankly, embarrassing performance uh, to close uh, that brutal 2021 season. So so they open with that neutral site game. Then they have two home games. Uh, It is App State. At home. Uh, the Mountaineers, of course, last year Carolina w- went up there, won 63 61. This one hopefully will be a little bit uh, more low scoring, but uh, Carolina does welcome them into Keenan Stadium. Of course, they did host them back in 2019 in Keenan Stadium and lost that game. Uh, then Carolina kicks off their home and home with Minnesota. Uh, that game is actually a home game in Chapel Hill on September 16th. Uh, you know, that'll be an interesting game. Minnesota is a team that is losing a lot from a year ago. Muhammad Ibrahim, one of the best running backs in all of college football, is uh, currently uh, preparing for the NFL draft. Believe it or not, Tanner Morgan, who has been there probably since Minnesota last won a national championship uh, in the 1930s, uh, he is now departed. Um, So there's going to be a lot of changes for P.J. Fleck, but he is definitely one of the better um, middle of the – you know, in in terms of the Power Five, but one of the better not-so-talked-about coaches um, in the Power Five. got Pittsburgh on the road. Uh, That's the first conference game for Carolina on September 23rd. Carolina gets the early bye week, and then they face Syracuse – Miami, Virginia at home in a three-week stretch starting on October 7th and concluding on October 21st. Carolina travels on the road to Georgia Tech on October 28th, and then they close with uh, a pair of back-to-back home games uh, against Campbell and, uh, of course, Duke, and then close with that, uh, that, that road stretch of Clemson and NC State. So I mean, when you look at this one, I mean, I guess first of all, there's there's some key, really some key stretches here for Carolina. I think the first four games you kind of put together in a group here because you have that bye week so early in the year. I think for Carolina, the goal through there, of course, should be to come out four and zero. But I think you're feeling pretty good if you can come through that stretch, even three and one, which I think is very, very possible with those first four opponents.
1: Yeah, I've I've actually got them coming out two and two. Um, I think they'll lose the opener to South Carolina. I think they'll win at home against App State. I think they'll win at home against Minnesota. Carolina has yet to win at Pittsburgh under Mac Brown. So, but I mean, I think if they came out four and zero. I think I'd be a little shocked if they were 4 now because I think South Carolina is going to be a really good football team again in 2023. Shane Beamer's doing a fantastic job, but 3 and 1's very very plausible, very feasible. And I think if they were to come out and start start out of the gate 3 and 1, that that gives them enough confidence and some momentum to really start stacking some wins in October because that that October schedule looks very very manageable to say the least.
0: Yes, um I mean I got them going 3 and 1 here too. I think South Carolina would be the one loss. Although I think that game is more of a toss up than you, probably you even believe because the the one thing is it's going to be interesting to see Dowell Loggins in his first game as offensive coordinator for South Carolina. Like look, I know South in season, especially before the two game stretch to close the regular season. South Carolina fans were wanting Marcus Satterfield gone. But the way that team played down the stretch of the season, I think a lot of people were sort of coming around to Marcus Satterfield, working with Spencer Rattler for another year, um, working with you know Antoine Wells for another year. And I, a lot of people thought that was going to happen. Now they have to bring in Dowell Loggins to take over. A lot of people weren't happy with that offensive coordinator hire. Um, And, and, you know, Carolina, of course, will have their own issues on the offensive side of the ball as they're working in Chip Lindsey as their offensive play caller. But South Carolina did lose a lot of guys to the portal, too. So that one I feel like will be a toss up. I think App State, Carolina should win that one. App State. I mean, look, there's a reason that they struggled as badly as they did a year ago. Sean Clark's a guy that I think probably enters the season on the hot seat. So Carolina, they should be able to take care of business in that game. I agree, Minnesota, that'll be one. I think Carolina will certainly have a little bit of a fight on their hands because P.J. Fleck is just that good of a coach. But I think Carolina should be able to navigate that one. And I know that... Pittsburgh, Carolina hasn't been able to win up there. As you mentioned, the last time Carolina won a game on the road against Pittsburgh was way back in 2017 on that Thursday night game in the 3-9 and nine season. So uh, Carolina has really, really struggled up there. But um, this is a chance for Carolina to get a big win there against a pit team that you know, it's kind of good for them to catch this team early in the year because they are working through a lot of stuff themselves. Izzy Abanacanda gone off to the NFL. They lose a ton of guys on that defense that uh, was just so successful a year ago. And even, you know, we, we saw Carolina was able to handle, you know, put up some points on that defense last year. Now they're going to have to replace a lot of those guys. So I think Carolina can go 3-1 and one through that stretch, and it sets up a very winnable October, as you mentioned. Four games in the month of October. You've got Syracuse at home, Miami at home, Virginia at home, and then Georgia Tech on the road. I, I mean, 4-0 should be it here, but I'm going to be honest with you. I got them going 3-1 and because I don't think they win the game at the end of the month. I, until they prove that one to me, I'm not going to pick them in that game.
1: Yeah, no, I've actually got a four four and a month coming their way. Um, I, I think I think we saw what Syracuse was the second half of last season. Uh, Miami Cristobal, I, I still think he's going to turn them around. I think it's going to take him <clears throat> another year to get that job done. Um, Virginia might be the worst team in the ACC next year. Oh, there's no might
0: that that's the worst team. Yes,
1: and and, and Tony Elliott may have already either quit or be fired by this point. Oh my gosh.
0: Well, ho- I got to be honest. Do we really want that? We just played an interim coach this past year, in Brent Key, and he beat us.
1: And then if if Carolina doesn't beat Georgia Tech, um, I'm not even mincing words here. Mack Brown should be fired. It's there's no. There's no reasonable explanation ever. You should lose three straight games to modern-day Georgia Tech. None. Well, Carolina,
0: I got they have not had any sort of success against them. They have lost 15 of the last 20 matchups against the Yellow Jackets.
1: It made sense when Paul Johnson was there running that 1940 offense. I mean, did it? Let's uh, be honest.
0: Carolina still had better athletes than them most of the times they played them.
1: So you know in in this modern era where Georgia Tech football, most of the people in Georgia forget that that program even exists with the Bulldogs having won back to back national championships. There's really no excuse. So I've got a clean slate. I've got a four and0 month in October' having them sitting at a, a respectable six and two. So
0: yeah, I I like I said, I, I've got I, I've got them three and one because I think Syracuse, they fought hard for Dino Babers last year. I like Garrett Schrader. I just don't think that that team is is going to be able to put together the type of year they did a year ago because they don't they don't have Sean Tucker. He's gone. Um, they lose a couple other playmakers. So yeah, that that one will be a, a, a tough one for Syracuse having to travel to Chapel Hill. I think Carolina should get it done. Miami team that Carolina has historically owned. I carried over even into this past season. Carolina went down there and won. A lot of people still think Miami can be good, but there's only one issue. I saw somebody breaking down this matchup when it was released the other night. I don't remember who it was, but they said that it could be a battle of first-round quarterbacks. Are you serious that you honestly still believe Tyler Van Dyke is a first-round quarterback? There is no way. They are... I, apparently they are pretty much putting their eggs in Tyler Van Dyke's basket. I don't really know how that's going to work out. And if that is the case, Carolina should be able to win this game, and I think they will. Uh, Virginia, as you mentioned, my God, they, they are going to be terrible. Like, they lose Brandon Armstrong, Dontavian Wicks, Keaton Thompson, Billy, Ka- I mean, they lose pretty much every offensive playmaker for them because their running backs don't count as playmakers. They haven't made plays in years, except against Carolina. Um, and defensively, they they lose a lot of really good players, including cornerback Ventrell Cypress. This could be—I mean, they—they—I would be stunned if they don't go winless in conference. They are going to be absolutely horrible. I just—I can't pick Carolina over Georgia Tech at this point because I think this Georgia Tech team will be better than what we than what Carolina saw back in 21 and you could even make a case they'll probably be better than the team we saw this past year. Mm. Maybe not defensively, they're losing some guys on the defensive side of the ball, mainly Keon White who looks like I mean he's tearing up the senior bowl right now. There's a chance he could possibly go uh, early in the first round of the NFL draft. But I mean, at this point, I just, they, they have not shown us any signs of being able to beat that team. That team has ruined your season two years in a row. And you may say, well, how did they ruin it in 2021? Well, keep in mind that Carolina was 2-1 and one when they went and faced them and lost. They had just beaten Virginia. First time in a few years that they had beaten Virginia. Feeling pretty good about where Carolina was at, even at 2-1. and one. And that pretty much derailed the whole season. And then, of course, this past year, that's the one that kicked off Carolina's four straight losses to begin the year. So, I don't know. You know, get, get mad at me if you want. They got to prove to me that they can actually beat that team before I'm going to believe that they're going to beat that team. I, that, I always seem to have one of those ones on there that I'll pick and it leaves people scratching their heads that Carolina could lose. That's the one I got on there for this year. Mm. You go into the month of November – it starts off easy, and then it finishes with three pretty difficult games. You've got Campbell, first time Carolina will ever meet them, and former Panthers safety now turn head coach Mike Minner. You've got uh, then Duke at home as Carolina tries to you know find a way to to beat that team once again. Mike Elko and his squad are going to be. Uh, pissed off after what happened this past year in Durham and how that game finished. And then you close with Clemson and NC State. Two difficult games, probably probably your two most difficult games, uh, although at, at State and the neutral site game against South Carolina, you could probably debate that. There's no debating the fact that Clemson is the toughest game that you have on the schedule. What do you think about this stretch at the end of the year that Mac Brown calls unfair?
1: Uh two and two. I think they'll win the two home games, lose the two road games. Mm. And I think that's there's nothing wrong with that. Like if you Oh, go,
0: no, I disagree with like that. Like if
1: you go eight and four, you know, like you're like you're going to Clemson and winning, you know. There was a reason why that streak they had going for so long was going for so long. And they lost at home to a rival. I don't see and and uh, you know, they still haven't lost at home to an ACC team since they lost at home to Pittsburgh back the year they won the National Championship in 2016. I don't think that's changing under uh this season. Um and then Where do they well, not to us. Where do they play Florida State? At home. Mm. That could be the one. It won't be. It won't be Carolina. Now, and then I lose. I mean, then, then NC State. Like, let's just just call it what it is. State's got Carolina's number. They've won eleven of the last fifteen. Dave Doran's built a solid program there. And for whatever reason, outside of the first two years, Mac Brown has not been able to get our guys ready to play and win that type of game. And and so I I I see them losing there, and it, it it will suck, as it always sucks. But if Carolina goes eight and four, I think as Tar Heel fans you can live with that. Nope, because that's that's what this program is, and I don't think they over. They, I don't think they got significantly better in the off season to say that this team is going to go ten and two, eleven and one. They didn't, you know or something like that like I just I don't see it. I think you go 8 and 4. Um and for the most part outside of a loss to in the year at NC State, you should be pleased with that.
0: Uh so 8 and 4 as a record would be acceptable the way they would finish out the season now. You cannot lose at state. If you lose at state, it's time to tell Mac Brown it's it, you, you need to you need to retire. Because what was the thing that he told us when he came back? That Carolina was the the biggest thing was they had to win rivalry games against teams in the state of North Carolina. If you can't beat NC State, then that's it to me. I don't care what you're doing against Duke. I don't care what you're doing against App State. I don't care what you're doing against Wake Forest. You should be able to beat this NC State program. They are not that much better than you. They're really not. So the fact that you haven't beat them each of these last two years and the way that you've lost both of those games – if you can't get it done this year, then you're not going to get it done. And that is something that has to change for Carolina. So, um, to me, I, I have them going 3-1. and one. I, I think Campbell, they'll win that game. I do think they'll beat Duke at home. I think that'll be a tough matchup. We've seen even in years where Duke hasn't been great. They have given Carolina fits, even in Chapel Hill. But I think Carolina... We'll be able to get that done because I really do think this Tar Heel team is still going to be really good, led by Drake May and this offense. Hopefully this defense can finally take a step, but that's one, again, see it to believe it. Um, Clemson, yeah, there I don't see that one happening, uh, especially as I mentioned. I think with Garrett Riley there, that team, there is a chance that they could make the playoff this year and potentially be an, a, a sleeper national title contender. I really do think that if he can come in there and elevate this offense, their defense is good enough to where they could be right back on that national title stage. And NC State, again, Carolinas, you have to win that game. If you don't, then there needs to be conversations about the future. I don't care how good that team is. I don't think they're going to be all that great next year. I know they've got a favorable schedule, but that's a, it they're NC State. They're not going to be a team that should be insurmountable. They're not going to be a team that's going to be competing for an ACC championship game when you meet them in that final weekend of the regular season. So Carolina has to be able to get that done. I think they do. I think they go 9-3. And, um, and that's the thing. This is a schedule. If you go 9-3, even if you go 8-4, and four, that's not an unfair schedule. So that's why we were so worked up at the beginning of this podcast because it feels like for the most part, this is a schedule that's setting up to allow you to have some success. Both of us have these teams at six and two heading into the month of November. And to be honest with you, with mine, they should be seven and one because they should beat Georgia tech. I just have to see it to believe it. So, it's there. It is a very palatable schedule, and it's one that Carolina should be able to have some good success with. It's just, you know, with a comment like that, you do wonder about the mindset of the team overall. A couple of quick notes before we get out of here. Um, you know, a couple of guys participating in some All Star games. Um, you'll you'll be you'll be pretty happy to hear this that Antoine Green. Showing out at the East West Shrine practices, I think we can all we we can all agree with him. We we want to see him go on and have some success because he looked really really good at times when he was in a Tar Heel uniform. Biggest issue for him was he could just never stay healthy. He did some really good things for Carolina each of these last two years. I thought he showed that he was a really good complimentary receiver to Josh Downs. And he's he's looked really good. I'm hoping to get um, somebody that that was out there covering uh, the East-West Shrine Game, the the, the practices. Uh, that game is actually uh, tomorrow night uh, in primetime over on NFL Network. Um, I will definitely be tuned in to see how he go, he performs in that game. Um, we're hoping to get somebody on to talk about him later on, uh, either you know this weekend or possibly um, you know sometime early next week, and then. Uh, awesome Richards is currently at the Senior Bowl. He's gone through the first two days of practice. Most interesting thing about him hasn't been a lot of talk about him uh, from a lot of the big name writers out there. Still going to try to get somebody on that's out there at the Senior Bowl to talk a little bit about him and of course some of the other draftable prospects uh, that Carolina is putting into uh, the NFL draft this year. Um, he has spent a lot of time at guard. So it looks like that's maybe the focal point for him. And to be honest with you, that might actually work out a little bit better for him, uh, especially since he is a guy that's had some success in run blocking over the past few seasons. And we'll have you covered on that front as well as the recruiting front. Uh, Carolina did land another commitment yesterday in the 2024 class, their third commitment in eight days as Andrew Rosinski. Uh, an offensive tackle out of the state of Georgia does commit to Carolina. If you're someone uh, that is you know, sort of racking your brain a little bit and says, hey, that name sounds a little familiar, it should. It's the grandson of former Carolina Panthers play-by-play man Bill Rosinski. Um, so that that is a pretty cool addition for Carolina. And uh, me and Zach Hubbard going to break him down along with Desmond Jackson here. Uh, sometime within the next couple of days. Two really nice additions for Carolina uh, on the offensive line in the 2024 class. And we have you covered on the website with all that uh, as well. So make sure you check that out, HeelToughBlog.com. Also, the return of Ed Montelis, uh to Carolina. So uh, all that stuff over there at the website. Also, you do have the coverage on the basketball side of things. Carolina hitting a crucial part of their schedule. It starts tonight against uh, against Pittsburgh. And then Carolina will go on the road at Duke, on the road at Wake Forest. So that really starts what we are used to, pretty much the gauntlet uh, that Carolina goes on down the stretch of the season, and we will have you covered, uh, you know, on the website and on the podcast side of things. Just had our most successful month in the history of the Four Corners podcast. So uh, make sure that you guys, if you aren't listening to that podcast, you head over there, you subscribe, and you listen. Uh, it's over 6,400 downloads this past month. That is unbelievable. Um, And if you guys are, you know, cross listeners, we really do appreciate that. Uh, It has been amazing to see uh, the, you know, type of response that we have had over these last couple of years as Carolina basketball, once again, an extremely exciting product after uh, having to suffer through that 2019-2020 season. So, uh, make sure that you guys are checking that out. Also, if you have not subscribed to this podcast, the Heel Tough blog podcast, make sure you do that as well. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Josh for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!